Ready to become a better leader? Then you're in the right place. You're listening to the Texas Lead Podcast, where we believe every person has the power to lead. We hope you enjoy. Okay, well then let's jump in and get started. Do you want to introduce yourself and tell us why we're, why you're here? Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Mark Pereira. I'm one of the assistant directors with the Texas Leadership Education and Development Unit under the Dean of Students right here at UT Austin. Um, I've been on UT's campus for about six years, came onto campus as an academic advisor, and now I find myself in my current role. And one of the biggest things I'm always looking to do is to make sure that students have the opportunity to step into leadership uh, positions with not only confidence, but competence. Awesome. And that's why I'm here. Yeah. And thank you for hanging out with me today. Um, I'm Bethany Wendler. I'm the interim director for Texas Lead. And we are going to talk about motivating the middle as an approach to leadership. So why is motivating the middle a concept, right? So if we're thinking about an organization, why why would we focus on that that middle chunk of, of folks? Well, a lot of times the middle of the organization is, is most often overlooked. Um, some members of an organization are going to work harder than others, right? So you have, we, we can talk about, I'm going to organize myself a little bit. Okay, so... Um, Everyone has different priorities for why they're in an organization. Some really want to commit and contribute. Some are looking for opportunities to get more involved, right? And then you have others who are just wanting to keep busy. So if you think of any organization, and quite honestly, this is something, Mark, if you want to do with like your family at Thanksgiving or next time you guys get together, like this is really, really great because everybody falls into a third. And then once you know where they fall... It's a really great way to approach them. But the theory of thirds with an organization is that they you have the top third of an organization. So those are your folks who are the rocket fuel of the organization. I'm pretty sure you're already starting to think of who those people are, who you've been involved with in the past, right? Um, they are leading every meeting. They are sending out every email. They are showing up to everything, right? Then you have that bottom third. Everyone is really concerned with the bottom third, right? Um, they are they're showing up for the t-shirt. They barely show up if they do show up. You gotta pull teeth to get them there. Sometimes we're generally combative at meetings for no reason. Um, I mean you're like, hold on, is that me? Wait, let me let me check. Um, you're doing that evaluative method, or you're like, that is Aunt Rita. Um, She's in there. Uh, but then you have the middle third. The middle is a group of folks in an organization who want to be there. They want to contribute, but they are balancing this involvement, this organization with several other things that they are working on. It is a priority, but maybe not the priority that it is for the top third. Uh, the problem is the top third wants everybody to be a top third, but they see the bottom third not contributing at all, and they're going to expend a lot of effort to try to get that bottom third to be a top third, completely overlooking the middle third. Uh, and when you think about the success of an organization and how groups can contribute collective skills, that bottom, the middle third actually is where you want to look, right? Mm -hmm. So... Now that I've explained why we're talking about the middle third, why do you, why? Like, what are some of the challenges that we can kind of um, encounter with, with this approach? Or where do you see some roadblocks? Or what are your thoughts, Mark? Yeah, absolutely. So I think that one of the important things to recognize here is exactly like you said, there's the top achievers. Those are our rock stars. And then there's the bottom third. And that's like 
the warm bodies and the cold seats. Mm -hmm. And that's about all that they're contributing at any particular moment. But it's the middle third that has a lot to contribute, but maybe needs a little bit more direction. Uh, And what I think is really important to recognize about that is the middle third, yes, they have areas of development, areas that they can improve on or perhaps more that they can contribute at any given time. But what's really great to recognize about that is at the end of the day, we're always going to have those thirds. It doesn't matter if everybody is contributing Mm -hmm. 100% of their effort at all the time. There's still going to be people who are top performers amongst everybody that is contributing all of that energy. So I think one of the things that I would bring to this conversation is an understanding that these sections of thirds are not inherently bad, but knowing how to work with them or perhaps not knowing how to work with them, that's where the mistakes happen. That's where a lot of those issues pop up. So if we're thinking about the challenges here, I would think it's probably going to be around where do we find the skills of everybody in our organization and how do we make sure that, one, they recognize their skills but we recognize their skills as leaders and use them effectively. I think that's probably where most is lost in translation. Now, what do you think? Can you be a top third all the time? Oh, absolutely not. Um, I think that you can always try to be a top third, but you also have to remember the fact that when you're full on sprinting all day, every day, you're eventually going to run out of gas. Right. And that's not because of a lack of energy. That's not because of a lack of passion. That's just from a lack of being Superman or Wonder Woman or whatever superhero you choose, you know? (laughs) Um, And I think that that's where that expectation could falter a little bit. We we can't sprint all day, every day. You know, there are the people that can run a 100-meter dash, and then there are the people that can run a marathon. Now, I can't run either of those, <laughs> but what I can so tell you... So you're going to be hanging yeah. out, giving out giving out water around mile three, right? A hundred percent, along with the orange slice, orange slices and maybe oh, a, nice, uh, a nice banana, mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to be there cheering you on. Am I going to be a top performer in the marathon? No, but I'm going to be that middle third, making sure that you can finish through on the race that we've all um, kind of committed to, yeah. you know? Yeah, and so I think... A really good takeaway from this conversation and this exploration of middle thirds is to take an inventory of the things that you're involved in and see if you are, if you are you a top third in every organization all of the time, or are there things, things that you're involved in that you may be a middle third, right? You show up when you're, when you're asked, um, but you're not driving those, you're not driving those meetings. You're not driving that charge. Like you are in those spaces where you are that top third. Mm -hmm. And if you can do that evaluation, if you can think through all of your involvement and you go, okay, for organizations and clubs, A and B, yes, I am in that top third, but for C and D, I am a middle third. And sometimes ENF, okay, I am a bottom third member. And that's okay, right? So you can understand, you can put yourself in those different positions when you are a top third um, member of an organization, what would you in that middle third or what would you in that bottom third need to be able to stay motivated? 
So there are some really great tools and resources that you can have kind of in your leadership tool bag that you can pull out to bring up those middle third. Mm -hmm. So if you're thinking about what do I do with them, there's a couple of great things, right? So they want to feel valued. They want to make sure that their time is a value add, not only for them, but for the organization. So simple things like asking for their opinion specifically on things and not just um, sending out a blanket ask or a wide open-ended question and then waiting for responses. But that direct solicitation of opinions and input from these members makes them feel like they're seen and that their opinion counts. Um, you want to let them lead things on stuff that matters to them. And then the caveat of that is that you want to make sure you know what matters to them. So you want to take the time to get to know who they are and what skills they bring to the table. Yeah, absolutely. I think one of the things that you mentioned is kind of having that targeted approach mm -hmm. when it comes to getting in contact with that middle third. Because yeah. it's exactly like we said earlier, that middle third isn't unmotivated. They just need a little bit more direction or a little bit more focus. Yes. And when I think about places where I have inhabited that middle third, uh, this takes me back to when I used to live in Portland. I used to do a lot of volunteering with a lot of different organizations. And in those areas, I was definitely middle third because I was not a full-time staff member. Right, you right. know, I'm not out there organizing a campaign or anything like that. But sure, I'll come in for a few hours a week and, you know, make some phone calls to motivate some voters or to find some donations here or there. I'm happy to be that middle third. Mm -hmm. But one thing that you said that really stood out to me is not sending out that blanket ask. Because when I think about how my leaders in that organization really motivated me to step up, they would send me an email and they'd be like, hey, Mark, it would be great if you could mm -hmm. dot, dot, dot. Yes. Rather than being like, hey, everyone, because as soon as I see that everyone, I'm going to be like, oh, great. It's not me. Someone I'm else out. do it. Yep. Exactly. Mm -hmm. um, so that. I always found that to be really motivating. And I think that's something that a lot of new leaders forget sometimes. Yeah. But also, like you said, making sure that they find something that's important to them. What are they good at? What can they contribute that doesn't require all of their attention or all of their effort? What is something that energizes them Absolutely. that they can capitalize on when they do come into those spaces? So I think that that's really interesting. Yeah. And then the time bound nature of it, too. Right. Mm -hmm. So how long am I going to need to do this? Is it for a few hours on a Tuesday? Yes, I can fit that on my schedule. Or is it obligatory when you have time? Well, I don't know when I have time. And if if I don't have that kind of structure around it, I will fit it in when I can and it may not get done in the, the time that that top third member is needing, right? If those, yeah. those clarified expectations aren't set, a lot can get missed in between. And it really doesn't take a lot of effort to motivate that middle third. It just takes a little bit more intention um, and a little bit of focus away from the bottom third. Because we do spend about 80 to 90% of our time trying to motivate that bottom third, <laughs> right? So um, squeaky wheel, right? It's kind of that same, same approach. But there are really great tactical approaches to that bottom third. Yeah. Um, what do you think some of those are? What do you what do you what do you think, Mark? Yeah, absolutely. So if the top third are going to be the people that are motivating themselves and taking charge, and the middle third are the ones that maybe just need a little bit more direction and a quick nudge in, in the right way that you want them to go, I think 
if I'm following you, I think the bottom third needs to know the bare minimums of what's expected for yeah, them. Absolutely. So getting a hold of them and saying, hey, Mark, this is what I need from you by such a such a date. Don't don't put on too much pressure mm -hmm. on that bottom third. Don't put on too many responsibilities, but let them know that you still see them, you still value them, but also we're not going to ask them to run a full campaign or yeah. anything like that. It, we're going to get five minutes from them, and that's great. Precisely. Like, we love that five minutes. So if we're thinking about volunteering and stuff like that, maybe that or maybe that bottom third isn't coming in to do three hours of phone banking and phone calls for a while, but they can come in and put some stamps on some envelopes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And having that very clear expectation and very clear activity or contribution to bring to the organization could be a really great way to keep them involved. Yeah, yeah. And I think the one one important to, one important thing to note is that you're always going to have bottom third. That's yeah. I think it's, this is a really great way, again, to approach where am I in my leadership role? What am I responsible for? What kind of contributions do I need to make based on my own needs and then the needs of either a team, a group, or committee? You're going to put those people into a third. You will always have a bottom third, and that is okay. You need that section of your organization to just meet expectations, and then everything else above it is gravy and all the yumminess that comes along with family Thanksgiving outside of Aunt Rita. Yeah. Right? That's the sprinkles on your ice yeah, cream. Yeah, sprinkles. Sprinkles and the cherry and all the good stuff. So some key takeaways, right? So think, what can I do with this information? How do I carry it forward? So a couple quick questions that you can constantly ask yourself is just sort of reevaluate, check back in as you need to. Um, but what can I do to be an effective leader in my current role? So are you a middle third member? How can I be an effective leader? How can I support my organization from this place what can I do as a top third member and just kind of go through those roles, right? Mm -hmm. um, how do you support the members of your organization? What do you need to know to get to know them so then they can contribute? How do you know where they're at so they can meet your expectations? So these are really great questions. Um, I think another great thing to think about is how do you contribute strengths? Like what are people's strengths that they're bringing to the table so you can put them in really specific roles? I think a great example that I love to share, when I was in college, the thing that I hated most is tabling. It's just <laughs> not in my, I just can't, I don't want to, don't make me do it. Mm -hmm. So don't ask me to table, right? And if, if I'm a member of an organization, it would be great if that leadership knew that that wasn't a strength of mine. So they're not asking me to do something that is not gonna yield the best type of result. So understanding the strengths of your members is great. And if you want to actually know what those strengths are, we do we do host a workshop and a pathway about strengths-based leadership. So it's definitely something that people can check out in our office if they want to know more about that specifically. Um, but really, how do you lead with credibility and integrity is a place that I'll lead. So you want to you want to come into an organization and understand that everybody is a person they have lived experience they're going to bring that with them they don't leave that at the door so giving people space to come and go as they need to and setting clear expectations but then giving grace i think is a really great place to lead or leave this conversation when we talk about the middle the middle just needs some grace and attention when 
when they need attention and then everything else is great. So anyway, anything else you want to do or anything you want to say to wrap up before we yeah, close I, this conversation? Yeah, for sure. I think the area that I would finish on is exactly like you said, there's always going to be those high performers, that middle area. And then there's going to be the people who are contributing the bare minimum. But one thing that's important to know is it's not impossible for people to move from the bottom to the middle or from the middle to the top. Absolutely. But the exact opposite is true as well. And that's where that grace comes in that you had mentioned. Because like we said earlier, if you're asking your team to sprint 100% of the time, they're going to get exhausted. And that's when you're going to see your high performers start to contribute less. That's when you're going to see your middle performers start to check out whether they're leaving an organization, finding a new job, or just st- stop communicating with you. That's where that disengagement happens. So I think one of the things that I would ask listeners to really leave with today is an understanding that intentional leadership allows us to develop not only ourselves as leaders, but the people that follow us. But if we hang on too tightly, that's when people are going to start drifting away. So Mm -hmm. it's finding that middle ground specifically for our middle contributors. Absolutely. So I think we're going to leave it there. Mark, thank you for your time. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, this is great. So we'll do it again sometime, right? Yeah, maybe a time or two. (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) Thank you for listening to this episode of the Texas Lead Podcast. We are honored to be a part of your leadership journey and look forward to helping you realize your potential as a leader to create positive change. Now get out there and lead.